If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the NHL DFS Strategy Show. I'm your host for today. I'm Michael Clifford. Jake Harry's taking the day off because he uh, had a pretty good night last night. I'm just kidding. Just uh, filling in for a, a little short slate here. We got a four-game slate tonight. But of course, I need to introduce my co-host here. He's the Yager to my Lemieux, the Messier to my Gretzky, the Forsberg to my Sackick, the inimitable Josh Harris. Josh, how are we doing today, bud? Not as good as Jake, but I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jake, uh, we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but Jake had himself a pretty good night last night. So uh, congratulations to him. Again, we're going to talk about this in a second. But first, if you could, would you please hit us with the like and subscribe? Uh, just help us grow this channel a little bit. Uh, it helps us get to the top of the algorithm, helps us get noticed a little bit more, and it helps us keep doing what we're doing. So please hit us with a like and subscribe and notification if you want to know whenever we come on the air. So we have to go over last night a little bit. Um, as mentioned, Jake had a, Jake Harry had a really good night, the usual host of the show. He won uh, the Fantasy Hockey World Championship qualifier, one of them anyway. He won a seat to it. Uh, finished first and second place, actually. Uh, went with Colorado 1, McKinnon, uh, Saad, and Rantanen. Had New Jersey 2, Zaka, Palmieri, and Mikhail Maltsev uh, with Grubauer and Net Doughty, and Truba as his defenseman. Truba got hurt, but it obviously didn't matter. Um, he had a really good night. Devils 2 absolutely went ham. Uh, they had, I think it was three goals between them. Uh, two goals, sorry, two goals and three assists. Uh, Maltsev hit the shot, uh, shot bonus. They put up over 50 points between them uh, on a slate where there wasn't a ton of scoring. And they came in really low owned. Uh, Jake really smashed it here. So you weren't on New Jersey last night, eh? I wasn't either. No, I mean, they. I didn't even know who Maltsev was until warm-ups. So, like, they didn't play for two weeks, and they're getting the Rangers team who hasn't been doing anything. But, like, you would hope that the Rangers could turn around. The Rangers looked like they hadn't played for two weeks. But, like, yeah. I mean, Jake hit the empty net goal with Maltsev, hit the empty net goal with Dowdy, when you run good like that, I mean, if you have the stones to play NJ too, and the, and with a guy you've never heard of at one percent, and you hit, 
I mean, that's on brand for him. Like he's one big with Lucic. He's one big with Wenberg. So it's good for him, man. Yeah. It seems like these, these guys on the periphery are always the ones that come through for Jake. <laughs> yeah. And yet these are always the guys that we make fun of in chat. It's all, it's that little duality of things. It's the guys that we get make fun of uh, tend to win us the money. So yeah, congrats again to Jake. Uh, real good night for him. Uh, depending on what, uh, what contest you were in, what lineup you're in, or, you know, what site you're on, uh, different things. One, like Washington three had a really good night last night, Lars Eller and Richard panic. So they could have been a nice filler stack. If you had some Colorado power players, something like that. Um, Los Angeles, <clears throat> they did fine. Um, kind of higher ownership, but, uh, not bad. They were in the winning lineup actually in the 20 max, uh, Kopitar and Brown with Doughty. Um, Jonathan Quick put up a monster performance. He's not a very good goalie, and there's a not a very good goalie on the slate we're going to talk about later, but it just kind of goes to show that anything can happen um, on any given night. So, yeah, again, congrats to Jake, and let's see if we can't help some subscribers win here tonight. So, as we mentioned earlier, it's a four-game slate, and you and I have talked a little bit about short slate strategy before. Um, for new viewers, people who may, may just be tuning in, never seen us before. Um, you're a guy that typically plays one to three lineups. Uh, what can you tell us about your process for a shorter slate like today? Well, I mean, you definitely have to take some stands, right? Especially on this slate, like there's a couple like Matthews, McDavid, Drysidle. Like you can't fit all of them in. You're going to have to fade someone you don't like here uh, or you don't want to here. So, I mean, I like to make the comparison like short slate Ovechkin, right? Because he's always a good one off. So like when he's on a short slate and he's projected 40, 45%, something like that, I tend to fade the highest owned player on the slate and try to differentiate myself a little bit uh, just in hopes like even if he gets like a goal, it's okay. As long as he doesn't have a slate breaking performance and you can get in some low owned guys that perform, you still can win. So I'm not saying, you know, fade Matthews and, and McDavid tonight, but um, you're going to want to differentiate yourself if you are going to play one or both in the same lineup. Yeah. And I think another thing with small slate, like we talk about stacking a lot, like stacking is very important um, in tournaments, power plays or even strength lines or whatever. But I think what's important to note is that, you know, fully correlated, you know, full line goals don't happen all the time. They're actually relatively rare uh, for each line. Like you'll see, you know, the center and the winger and the defense and, or just a center and a winger or, you know, an unassisted goal block shot breakaway or something like that. A lot, most goals aren't full line goals. The reason we stack is, you know, obviously you want to compound points when goals are scored. And also when you have a bigger slate, like eight, nine, 10 games, um, there's more, there are more chances of getting those full line goals because there are more teams, there are more lines, there are more power plays, et cetera, et cetera. When you get down to a smaller slate like this, there's obviously fewer chances for that. So I would say another way to differentiate as well, if you don't want to, you know, outright fade some of the expensive guys is to kind of dip down and use more broken lineups. Like maybe you can use like a, a McDavid, Dreisaitl, Barry with Tyler Ennis or something like that, right? Um, you want to get, you know, if, Edmonton goes up and puts up six or seven goals, you know, good chance the top six has a lot of them, but they, you know, they may not get all of them. So you want to get those Josh Archibald, those Tyler Ennis goals on these short slates, because those are the ones that are going to push you from, you know, 35th place to the top five or something like that. So I think that's something else that I would mention is, is you not just necessarily get different, but you have to get kind of unique with your stacks as well. If you're, if you're just running out, four, three, you know, top lines and second lines and stuff like that, you're probably just going to float around the middle. So that's something else that I'd also watch for. Now with goaltending, now on on a shorter slate like this, I might only have two or three goaltenders. Would Are, are you consistent just using one goaltender across all, you know, if you play three liners, would you use one goaltender across all three or do you like to mix it up a little? It's slate dependent, really. If there's a goalie that I really like, yeah, I'll put them in all three, but um on a slate like this, I'm not like super thrilled about any of the goalies, so I might just correlate with the the teams I'm using. Um, I mean, going through these games, I don't want to play Mike Smith in all my lineups. I don't want to, you know, Freddie's too expensive for what he could blow up, you know. So it's just like whatever fits, like really, because 
I try to go cheaper, like these cheaper goalies, like the road goalies that are going to see volume just because they're probably going to be lower owned because people are going to want to play the, you know, the expensive favorites. So if I get, if I get, I really want a Demko to start tonight because he's under 7,000, but it's going to be Holpe. So I have to change up what I'm doing. But for me, this slate, it's going to be the, the, the cheaper guys who see the shots. Yeah, that's a good point that it, it can be slate dependent, what goalies you like and stuff like that. Um, I had a, a subscriber ask me a question about goaltending. And it was basically, it comes down to this. If, if I have money, you know, if I have 8,300 left over in a Toronto stack, then yeah, I'll put in Anderson. But if I have 7,100 left over in a Toronto stack, I'm not taking players out to make sure I can put Anderson in. I'll just go with Braden Holpe and hope Holpe hits. Like I'm, I'm not someone that's going to chase uh, the correlation, especially with the new save bonuses. Now I think uh, one-off goaltenders are a little bit more viable than they have been in the past. Uh, the final thing that I'll say about short slate strategy is that you, you kind of, you, you do have to dip down and it relates back to what I was saying earlier um, about, you know, broken stacks and stuff like that. You have, you can't be afraid to go down to your third and fourth lines, um, you know, your Dilla Dubes or your, you know, Milan Lucic's or uh, Adam Ernie's, you know, <laughs> yeah, Alex Chason, uh, players like that. You can't be afraid to dip down into those one-offs, especially where there are so many expensive guys on this slate tonight. So let's get to that slate anyways. And let's jump right into it. Let's get to our first game here. I'd say it might be the most important game of the night, but there are a lot of good spots here, so I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. We have the Ottawa Senators with a two-and-a-half implied goal total. Going into Toronto to play the Toronto Maple Leafs, they have an implied goal total of four. These two teams <laughs> played a couple nights ago. Toronto had a 5-1 lead with 21 minutes left in the game and lost 6-5 in overtime. Um, yesterday on the show, I said one of the things I wanted to take out of that game is that, uh, like, Ottawa is a team with goal scorers. Ottawa is a team, you know, they have players who could score. This isn't, you know, the Detroit Red Wings of a couple of years ago where it was just two or three players and that's it. They do have some talent here. So lots of spots to go. Um, you know, these, like I said, these two teams just played a couple nights ago. So how are you treating this game? What's of interest to you? What do you like on the auto side? Just give us your overview here. Yeah. So like we were just discussing a couple minutes ago, you want to use these guys that maybe are on the top six and this, this, the Leafs have a player from this game. They moved Tyler Boyd up to power play one. I think he's min-priced, or he's close to min-priced on Toronto 4. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you want to fit in the Matthews with the Marners and you don't want to play Jumbo, you put in a Boyd, I think. That may actually be like a, more popular than you think because a lot of people don't like playing Thornton. But, like, getting Boyd at that cheap with exposure to power play one is a good way to go. And, like – we can only talk about the Leafs so many times against the Senators. Like, you know what they're going to do. Like, offensively, they can score goals. They're going to score goals. Um, so, yeah, I think Matthews and Marner, you know, in a vacuum are the best plays on the slate. What I what I really wanted to do or really want to hope for is Tavares and Nylander get going a little bit here because they have really good expected goal for numbers with Hyman. Um and Corsi numbers, like they just have really good numbers. They're just not scoring. So if you want to get a little bit different from this game, because I think people are obviously going to gravitate to Matthews and Marner as you go Nylander, Tavares, Hyman, uh, the Leafs are doing that power play 1A, 1B type deal. So they are going to see some time. They're fully correlated on power play too. So I think you can go there to be a little bit different in a high ownership game. Uh, you can put them in with Brody, which, you know, on a short slate, maybe, maybe not. I mean, you're going to, you're going to have that four man stack. Maybe you don't want to have like a cookie cutter three man stack after that. You can get a little creative after that, but I don't mind the, the Toronto two with Brody um, power play stack. And then, yeah, you know, we mentioned Boyd. If you want to play Thornton, he's on power play one. Fine. I, I'm not a, a guy, especially on a short slate that wants to play someone who doesn't shoot. Um, for 3,800, I'd rather, you know, play someone like Evgeny Dadunov, who's cheaper, who shoots, who's had five goals in his past five games. So, and then on the Senators side, like, listen, they're, 
they're gonna they're a fun team they're, they're not a good team but they're a fun team so i mean this could be a spot where you you kind of want to you know power play stack them i don't really like their even strength lines too much like the you know Tavares line's probably going to go up against the Norris Kachuk Connor Brown line I think right let me see yeah, yeah I just uh, in the matchup on on Monday the Matthews line went out a fair bit up against Kachuk and it was the Donoff line with White and Paul up against Tavares yeah so I mean that's it that's a that's a good matchup for Tavares even though the um, the White Paul and Dadnoff line have pretty decent numbers. They are given up. They have an expected goal against of 2.09. I mean, that's pretty good defensively for them. I mean, the Senators' issues are not offensive. They're mid-pack for goal scoring. They're just dead last in defense and goal goaltending. So, I mean, the Senators' side, obviously, you know, Dadenoff, 3,300 power play one. He's probably going to be a pretty popular one-off tonight. Um, I mean, Kachuk. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Norris, little mini, is not bad. I mean, I don't think many people are going to be playing Josh Norris tonight. And then you can get them in with Shabbat. I mean, 5,700 is okay. I is around the same price as Riley. So for me, I mean, it's going to be that Ottawa one or, you know, do like a Norris Kachuk Dadenoff, a Kachuk uh, Norris Stutzel or like a Kachuk Dadenoff Shabbat, something like that, mix and match their power play one. But um, yeah, the only full line that I'm really interested in playing tonight <clears throat> would be Toronto two as a full line. Otherwise it'd just be like a Matthews Marner with Boyd or Matthews Marner just them together. Yeah, I, that that Travis Boyd is really throwing the wrench in the in the things because uh, you know he does a lot. He does allow access to other lines. Like you can get in. Like we're going to talk Calgary and Vancouver later, but you can get in those lines with Matthews if you throw in Boyd because he brings down the average cost so much. So that is a big help to that power play unit. I'm I'm differing from you. I'm probably like I'm going right on the Matthews train for this oh, game. I'm, I agree with you. I mean, I'm trying to get a little bit different here. Yeah, it's not like it's not like Matthews is a terrible hockey player. Um, yeah, it's just I, I, I like you were talking about the Dodonov, Paul, and White line. Like Dodonov is a good defensive winger. Like Paul looks like he's a good defensive winger. We really don't have a big sample from him yet. So like, I know Kachuk is really good uh, two way winger as well, but I'm not sure about Connor Brown nor Josh Norris. So like. I don't think that the matchup really matters that, that much. Um, I just think it's a little bit of an easier one for the Matthews line and they just play so many minutes, right? Like you'll, they'll play 22 or 23 minutes uh, in a full game. So uh, like on the, on the Toronto side, I'm more hyped for the Matthews line. You know, I was on the Tavares line um, on Monday actually, uh, but it's just that matchup against the Donoff and Paul uh, kind of worries me a little bit uh, on the sense side. They had uh Christian Wolanin was actually running the power play, their second power play in the last game, but he's scratched today. Like, I don't know why teams do that. Like, they, you see it so often, a guy goes from, like, top line to a scratch or top power play to a scratch or whatever. But anyways, Christian Wolanin is out. Eric Branstrom is in. I s- suspect Branstrom's going to get secondary power play minutes, though Mike Riley did get some secondary power play time last game. So be kind of aware of that. But Branstrom, you know, 2,700. For me, he fits in with White and Dodonoff just because it's a really cheap three-man so you can game stack with the Leafs or they can fit in uh, later on with your Oilers. So, uh, like, I do have a fair amount of Ottawa just because you can fit him in with more expensive spots. Um, looking on the blue line here, like, we have Morgan Riley's ownership, like, absolutely through the roof today. Um, just looking at our ownership tool, we have him at 31%. Um, top of our ownership rankings like he's having a fine season but I think people should be aware of the fact that Jake Muzzin is having a better season than he is like 
Riley's not shooting the puck at all. His shot rate has just absolutely fallen off a cliff. I forgot to write it down, but I'll just look it up real quick here. The last last year he was at 2.6 shots per game. The year before he was at 2.7. This year he's at 1.7. Like that's just and, and when this guy doesn't block shots either, like way under a block per game. So you're not getting any peripherals from Riley. So you need, you know, for him to really pay off, he needs probably needs a three-point bonus. And like I don't like playing defensemen like that. I don't like playing he's a Quinn Hughes. Like, you know what I mean? Like if if you're playing Riley, it's because you're playing Matthews and Marner and Thornton and all those guys. Like I would never one off Morgan Riley. Like Jake Muzzin is my favorite defenseman out of this game, actually. So I'm gonna have a fair about a fair bit of Muzzin. Um, you mentioned uh, John Tavares and William Nylander being a little bit snake bit. Uh, Tavares shooting 3.3 percent of five on five this year, uh, but he does have the worst expected goals rate of his career. So like it's you know it's gonna get better, but it's not like it's completely undeserved. He's not getting to the net um, like he has in prior seasons. So just something to watch out for moving forward with him getting to the goaltenders. Uh, I'm probably going to have some of both sides, but it'll be a case where I'm not chasing you to the goalie. It'll be just, I think this will, this will be the cases. Um, I'm only going to have them where I'm correlating. So it's kind of where I am with defensemen. I'm really in on Muzzin, you know, Branstrom cheap as a one-off. I like Shabbat tonight as well, but I think Mike Riley kind of makes sense for Ottawa. Um, if you want to get somebody that's going to be super low owned, that might actually get some power play time. Uh, so what do you think about the defensemen and goalies here? I mean, I'm on board. I'd n- I'd never one off Riley. That he's just he he's Toronto one power play or bust. Like, if I have fifty in that range to to left over my lineup, I'd probably get Chabot over Riley almost all the time. Um, I'm on board with Branstrom. I, I do like him. He was part of the Carlson trade. I, I hope they give him a good run. Um, I'd be remiss if I don't if I don't uh, mention Artem Zub. I just really like that name. He's min priced and he scored last game. So if you need a, a min priced defenseman who plays like three minutes a night, he's your guy. But yeah, no. Um, on the Leafs side, I'm with you. Like if I'm going to one off somebody, it's definitely going to be Muzzin. Uh, and if it's a cheap one off, it's probably going to be Dermot. Not huge on him, but like if you're trying to if you're trying to get in the studs and you have you need to absolutely bottom of the barrel punt somebody Dermot not terrible and I'm with you on the goaltenders I'm not going to chase them it's just going to be a correlation play yeah I was yeah I was just I was reading a Twitter thread earlier today about how bad Freddie Anderson's numbers have been this year but they're actually right in line with his numbers last year so you know maybe he's just bad now um all right we'll leave that game along you don't have anything else in this game do you no all right let's just move it along then we're going to get to our next one Chicago we saw this game on Monday night as well. Chicago with a three implied goal total going into Detroit with a 2.6 implied goal total. Now Detroit lost that game on Monday, but they pretty much carried the play from start to finish. Um, Detroit's look good um, pretty much all year, at least defensively they've looked good or at least much better than last year. Um, there are some cheap players in this game, um, that can be used for, you know, more expensive stacks elsewhere. Um, we might see some different power play configurations for Chicago. Uh, so what are you seeing out of this game? So it's funny, like I'm looking at these Red Wings numbers, right? And all the, you know, these three lines have small sample sizes, but you see their defensive numbers. Top line, 1.78 goals, expected goals against the second line, 1.3 expected goals against the third line. 0.58 expected goals against, right? So you think they would actually be scoring, but they're not. Like, their defensive numbers are good, but they're not creating anything. Like, they're not doing anything offensively. They have these really good numbers, but they're not generating any shots. They're not generating any high-danger scoring chances. Uh, The the line that's – yeah, the line that's creating the most – high danger chances is that third line which i don't want to play you know nemestikov gagne and fipola like like put me in a straight jacket if i'm putting them in one lineup you know what i mean i will say from this game i have an uncomfortable amount of detroit too the bobby ryan fabry mantha line they're fully correlated in power play one they have a 61 percent Corsi four percentage but they're not they're just not generating you know high danger chances <laughs> but Again, this is a really good matchup, and I, as long as Blasio doesn't Blasio himself, like this is, 
this is like a line that I want some exposure to just because they're all fully correlated. Even though they aren't generating right now, the course numbers are there. If they decide to, you know, get to the net, maybe they'll put a goal in or two. Uh, they're cheap enough. The one thing that does worry me that they are going to be popular because they're fully correlated and very cheap in a good matchup. You can differentiate yourself a bit, though, if you if you don't want to play like a Bobby Ryan. You could do like a Larkin, Fabry, Mantha, something like that. Uh, you can just mix and match their power play one guys. Um, and their the power play quarterback is only 3,300. So that's it's cheap as well. So like you can mix and match all five of those guys to get a little bit different if you don't want to go straight to Detroit too. And then on the Chicago side, um, you know, I'm always a big Debrinkat guy. Him and Kane are just wildly expensive tonight. Um I don't want to be paying, you know, 16,000 for the two of them going against a team who has really good defensive numbers recently, uh, especially if they are going to get ownership. So, you know, um, on, on the Blackhawks side, like my favorite play as like a one-off would probably be Kubelik, especially if he does go back onto power play one, like you were saying earlier, he's 4,900. He, uh, he's a good goal scorer. So I don't, I don't mind him as a one-off. You want a one-off Kane at 8,400? that's a good way to differentiate yourself from Matthews and, and uh, McDavid. But again, that's a risky proposition. That's something, um, you know, if you want to differentiate, differentiate yourself, you can do, but I'd rather go to DeBrincat cat for the $900 savings from Kane, but overall it's Kublik as a one-off. Um, who's running? Oh, Boudin, right. Is running their power play. Yeah, he is. He's 3,400. So- it's cheap. Yeah, oh, yeah, so, that's... yeah, our ownership, like, I was just looking, when you were talking about that, I looked up the ownership, and we don't have them very high for tonight. Um, as a line, we have them in single digits, actually, uh, and Patrick Kane at 11% ownership total. Now, I see Patrick Kane at 11% on a four-game slate. You know, <laughs> my my spidey senses start tingling a little bit, you know what I mean? Because... There's going to be a ton of ownership on Matthews and McDavid, right? Like the other night, um, we were just talking before the show, it was a five-gamer, and there was 55% ownership between them. Like on a four-gamer, we could see that get closer to what, like 80% tonight? So like eight out of ten lineups are going to have one of Matthews or McDavid, and most of them aren't going to have Kane, right? And certainly none of them are going to have Kane and Debrinkat. So if you do want to get different, it seems like Chicago one is the place to do this, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's 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 just an ownership play. I agree with you. I don't want to pay, you know, sixteen k nearly for just Kane and Debrinkat. Um, over twenty, if you want to throw in somebody like Kubalik. Um, but the thing is, is was Soderberg there at twenty seven hundred power play one, and Bodin there thirty four hundred power play one. Like you can four man stack here and it's not super expensive, right? Like you can four man stack and it comes in at like 22,000. And at that point you can still fit in like a Calgary one or a Vancouver power play. You can even fit in some sort of Toronto stack if you put in Boyd or Thornton or something like that. So like, I I think like I, my first run didn't have a lot of Chicago today. I I manually forced in some Chicago when I saw some, some ownership just because I think it's a good ownership play. That's all. Like I'm going to have probably three out of my 20 lineups are going to be, are going to be Chicago tonight. That's going to get me at, you know, close to double the field. And that's fine for me. You know, I can still, I can still put in 80% McDavid and Matthews and still have 15%, 20% Chicago one uh, besides that. So I think if, you know, if you're playing, one to three lineups, I would probably get one of the Chicago ones in there. Um, I just don't see any way where they have, you know, very much ownership tonight. I think you're right about Detroit too. Detroit too is probably going to see some ownership. Uh, we have them as one of the um, most leveraged spots on the entire slate, actually, because we have them at um, eight per, no, sorry, wrong one. We have them at 6% top stack, but 14% ownership. So, that's the thing with Detroit two here is that if you do go with Detroit two to fit in your Toronto one or your Edmonton one or whatever, um, you're probably going to have to get more different with either of those stacks, you know, either like leave Mantha off and throw on, you know, like Gagne or leave Mantha off, throw on a one off from a different team or do something different with your Edmonton or Toronto stacks. Because I do think 
Um, you know, we saw Detroit be fairly popular, if I'm not mistaken. They're around like 11 or 12% on Monday night. So I assume they're going to be close to the same scene as it's a similar size slate here tonight. Um, but again, I, I do think it's the best line to stack here because uh, Detroit, uh, nobody's correlated, pardon me, on the top line. And Matthias Brome, uh, 15 games, he's played. Uh, it was something like 60% of his ice time or 55% of his ice time with Dylan Larkin. And he has zero points in 15 games and he's averaging one shot a game. Like he's min price skating on the top line with Dylan Larkin and he stayed like nearly min price the whole season. And the thing with Brome is I was actually looking up some of the stuff we had written about him over at Dabra hockey. Cause we write about season long um, fantasy hockey over there. And, like, he was good over in the Swedish League, like, really good. There's a reason why they signed him. Um, the guy, Our writers seem to like him, think he's a really skilled player. But, like, we've seen skilled – like, think, you know, ho- hockey fans from years ago will remember Linus Omar coming over, had, like, three good games, and then just never did anything again. Um, Fabian Brunstrom, he hung around for a few years, but he never really amounted to a whole lot. Yuri Sekash came over and played with Montreal for like 20 games, got traded and never made it to the NHL again. Like there have been very talented players to come from Europe that just couldn't adapt to the NHL ice or the game or anything or part of the culture for any reason, just couldn't make it. Not saying Brome is that, but you know, at a certain point when you go this long without doing anything, you have to wonder um, if there's actually anything there. So that's kind of what's keeping me away from Detroit one, no correlation. I don't think Brome is anything. Was it with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ina's starting to round into something, but he's not the player he will be yet. So, you know, Larkin, I think is fine as a one-off. I, I have him one-off in a couple spots, but I'm not stacking the Detroit one. For me, I'm with you. Uh, it's choke the chalk on Detroit two, or just pick some one-offs um, around. But I am, I am doing some, you know, like funky, like some little power play two stacks, like, Zadina, Gagne, Hronik, and stuff like that, just because I, I think that's the way to get different um, other than, you know, changing up my Toronto stacks and shoving in, like, Pierre Engvall or something like that. Um, the way I'm getting different is to get different with my secondary stacks. So that's kind of where I am. Like, speaking of those defense, and you mentioned Christian Juice. Um, he's a pretty good playmaker, but he's not a guy that brings peripherals, right? So um, – I guess he's fine enough to one off because he's so cheap, but like you're looking at 17 shots and 13 blocks in 13 games. Like there's just not much there for peripherals and it hasn't gotten much better, um, you know, as he's gotten more ice time. So juice, I think for me is only in power play stacks. Like he's, you can one off him cause he's 3,300, but like, I would rather just um, leave him in power play stacks. And I have a good amount of both goalies here. Um, I really don't want too many of the goalies coming out of the Canada game. So, uh, both Grice and Lankin and assuming Grice starts, uh, are going to find their way to my lineups. What do you think about the goalies and defensemen here? Yeah, I agree on the goalies. Uh, this is, I don't want to say, I don't want to say quote unquote safest because this game's going to end up like nine, seven now, but like the Canadian games are generally higher scoring from the stats this season. I like Grice, um, Detroit has been adequate defensively. Their defensive numbers have been good the past couple games. So, yeah, I mean, Grice is going to add his price to someone I want to put in. Uh, if it's Lankinen or if it's Subban, I'd be more apt to play Lankinen than Subban. Um, we know what Subban is at this point, and he's almost 8,000. So that's – you know, if, I ha- if I'm if i using Chicago and I have 8,000 left over, yeah, I'll put Subban in if it is him. But – Grice is more of a one-off play for me. Subban's more of a correlation. If it's Subban, if it's Lankinen, I'd be more – I'd one-off him a bit more. And then a defenseman, as much as it pains me to say this, as like I said, don't let me put Nemestikov and Gagne in the lineup. I'm okay if you need a min-price defenseman using Mark Stahl or Troy Stetcher. Like as, as disgusting as that sounds, like you need to get different at some points on these slates. Like – if your lineup comes together too easy, it's going to be duped. 
right? So you're going to have to get comfortable getting uncomfortable. And putting Mark Stahl into a lineup is very uncomfortable. But he is seeing, you know, decent ice time for a third pair. He's so slow that he, you know, he gets in front of shots. His skates, like his shin pads get used. So if you get that shot block bonus from Stahl at 2,500, you know, he paid off his price. And then on the, the Chicago side, Duncan Keith one-off is not something I'm interested in. Ian Mitchell, Calvin DeHaan is overpriced. Like Lucas Carlson, Zadaroff, like, no. It's going to be just Boudin or however you pronounce it on Power Play 1 in my Chicago stuff. Um, so that's about it for me on the defensemen and goalies. Yeah, I just want to mention real quick with Chicago, their last game, I think every defenseman except for Keith played between 19 and 21 minutes. Yeah. Or Keith and Carlson. Carlson played like 11 minutes. Keith played like 23 and everybody else played like 19 to 21. So like, if you want to go like not full punt, cause he's not, yeah, yeah. He is full punt. Like if you want a full punt was a door off uh, 20 minutes. Like, I think that's fine. Like, I think they're, this is a case where um, other than Heronic, I'd just be going super cheap um, on the blue line here. Like I wouldn't be going and spending up on Keith or Dahan or anything like that. Yeah. 4,300 Dahan. All right. Uh, Sorry, Uh, sorry. no, just just want to uh, get to our next game. But before we do that, just want to remind everybody that's watching that if you want to get access to all the great Osmo tools and content for nearly every DFS sport out there, you can get it at Osmo.com with their Osmo Plus Weekly Pass for $29.95. This includes full access to all our premium content and tools on Osmo.com, and those include player projections, ownership projections, premium Slack channel, which is hugely popular, especially with our NHL people and NBA people with the late-breaking news, uh, and a whole lot more. If you want to play just the NHL DFS, you can sign up for our Osmo Plus NHL weekly package that starts at just $11.95. You can stop guessing and start winning. Join Osmo Plus here today. If you're not able to watch your favorite shows on YouTube either, because uh, we have a lot of Osmo shows here, we're pretty much, we're not close to 24-hour news cycle, but we're not very far away either. So I wouldn't blame you if you missed some of our shows here on YouTube. Uh, you can also always find them on the Osmo Podcast Network. Uh, we have a podcast for just about every sport, and they're available on every major platform. So if you go to osmo.com slash podcast, you can check out all our latest podcasts, our hockey podcasts go up fairly quick. Like I want to say within 30 minutes after, after our show goes off the air. So um, if you ever miss anything, you can catch um, our podcast or all the rest of our podcasts over at osmo.com front slash podcast. Leave us a five-star review on any one of our podcasts and get a chance to win a free month of Osmo plus platinum. Good luck, everybody. All right, let's move it along. We're going to get to the next one. Uh, Canadian matchup here, pretty important game, uh, especially when you consider some of the pricing. Uh, we have the Vancouver Canucks going into with a 2.8 implied goal total going into Calgary uh, with a 3.3 goal total. Uh, right now, it looks like it's going to be uh, Jacob Markstrom uh, against Braden Holtby. Again, a matchup from a couple, like I said, from a couple nights ago. Uh, that game kind of saw uh, Calgary, you know more or less have their, not have their way, but have a fairly strong game against Vancouver. Uh, Jacob Marsham has looked almost unbeatable this year. Uh, Vancouver, you know, for all the good things that may have been going on in that game, they're still taking penalties. They're still one of the most penalized teams in the league. There may be a lot to like here on both sides. What are you seeing here, Josh? So is, I know Backlund's back, right? Is is Mangiapane still up on the top line, or did they, yeah. did they switch that up? It looks like it's still going to be Mangiapane with Lindholm uh, and Kachuk, yeah. Okay, so they broke up that old Calgary 3, even though Backlund's back. Yeah, okay. Just wanted to make sure I had my stuff updated. So if that's the case, I, I do like this Calgary top line. Uh, they're going to be going up against, I would imagine, the Pedersen line. I didn't I didn't get a chance to see the, the shift chart. Um, uh, yeah, the last game, it was the Kachuk line actually against uh, Horvat and okay. Pearson. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, even so, even if the Horvat, it's a less enticing matchup for the Lindholm line, but it's still a good matchup. The Canucks aren't good defensively. Uh, that line, you know, with, with, is Niels Hoglander. He's still 
relatively unknown defensively. Um, I like this Calgary one. And then, you know, the, the Monaghan Gaudreau line, that's fine. Like they're going to go up against uh, this, the Sutter line, I would imagine, or it could be the Patterson line, depending because normally uh, Calgary three usually goes out against the top comp, but if Mangiapani's not there, I'm not entirely sure how they're going to match up. Um, yeah. Um, last game, it was Horvat and Kachuk and Pedersen against Gojo. So, so it was, you know, top six against top six. Okay. So if the, assuming that's going to be the case. Uh, okay. So Petter, Pedersen against Monaghan and Gaudreau. I mean, that favors both lines probably. They're, they're both pretty high event there. Um, that puts me a bit more onto the Pedersen line. Uh, they haven't been great, but they're fully correlated. It's one of those things like, they're probably going to go a tad overlooked on the slate because you got the Calgarys, you got the Torontos, you have Edmonton, and they're you know they're in that price range where it's like, well, I can't really fit them with Toronto, I can't really fit them with Edmonton. So I didn't see ownership. But I would imagine it's a tad lower uh, than some of these other lines. So I don't mind the Vancouver second line. Uh, I don't mind. Um, Using them with Quinn Hughes, I wouldn't one off Quinn Hughes. He's kind of like the the Morgan Riley, like we said, of the Canucks. So for me, on the Calgary side, it's going to be a Lindholm, Kachuk, um, Mangiapane. I like that as a full line, and then uh, Calgary two, Monahan, Gaudreau. Um, I'd probably put them in with Rasmus Anderson if you want to go three man. I don't mind leaving off the third wheel there, and then. The Horvat line, I probably want to avoid, you know, that Lindholm Kachuk matchup, but I don't mind if you want to mix and match some power play ones and get some Horvat in there on the Vancouver side. Yeah, uh, I do like, like you mentioned the pricing, um, Horvat at, at 4,800, um, Pedersen and Besser and, or Pedersen and Miller, I think both seen their prices come down. You're right that I think it gets overlooked, but you know, Vancouver's cheap enough where, you know, if you put in Toronto one with Travis Boyd or something like that, you can actually fit them in. Um, but we're, we're still showing decent owner, like uh, good leverage on them. We have them as a 12% as a top two stack, uh, 9% ownership. If they come in anywhere, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12%, it's worth targeting them tonight. Uh, especially if Pedersen gets the Johnny Gojo matchup. Like you said, it's a, it's advantageous for both of them. And the Pedersen line's actually been playing better of late. Like, I want to say that. Like, for the first few, you know, I want to say for the first half dozen or so games of the season, they're right around 40% expected goal share. That's actually climbed to 50% over the last 10 games. So they've also obviously been playing better. So I, I'm with you. I do like that that Pedersen line uh, matchup uh, going up against Johnny Gojo. But for me, uh, my favorite line out of this game, I'm with you, is Kachuk, Linhol, Manjapani. They've, you know, 2.9 expected goals, four per 60 minutes going back to last year is a great, great number. 57.9% expected goal share is just a great, great number. Like, this is a, just a very good line. You know, Horbat's line is good in return, but that Vancouver defense is just nothing to write home about. And especially with Braden Holpe starting over Demko, like, you know, Demko might be bad, but we know Holby is bad. So uh, we're going to take advantage of that uh, while we can. Uh, one thing, you know, before we get to the defenseman, I want to get to that Calgary three line because Backlund, whatever it ends up being, it, it should be Backlund uh, with Dubé and Lucic. You know, they've, it hasn't been Backlund all the time, but, you know, Dubé and Lucic have generally been good on the third line with whoever's been there with them. Jake's not here uh, to speak the good word of Calgary three. So can you do those honors for him? Should we be interested in Calgary three here tonight? Well, Backlund and uh, Lucic get that power play too. You can put them in with Giordano. I mean, listen, if this was a, like an eight game slate, I'd never advocate for playing Milan Lucic, but like Vancouver with Holpe in net, is just so bad and they're going to be getting, you know, okay. You know, Antoine Roussel, Adam Gaudet, Brandon Sutter, like maybe in like 2007, this was a bit, uh, like a really good defensive line, but like these guys are nothing right home about. I mean, Lucic can't skate, but he'll park himself in front of Holpe and, you know, bang one in. Uh, that's kind of like what you want. Like 
for someone like Joe Thornton who doesn't shoot, Lucic at least goes to the net. Like he gets to those dirty areas. I mean, I can't believe I'm talking about Lucic for more in a minute, but like <laughs> you want to go there. I mean, it's fine. Like the power play two correlation, Backlund, Lucic, Giordano, like Giordano is probably going to see ownership just because he's, you know, a name and he's up to, in that price point with Riley and um, Chabot, someone like that. But like, I would imagine that trio is going to be very low owned tonight. It's a good way to differentiate yourself in and then I can't speak in an MME format. Like if a one to three, I'm probably not going to put in Lucic. Like it's just not going to happen. But if you're going 20 max, you're going 150 max. I definitely want some Calgary three or some of that power play two combo. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you there. That Calgary three, I, I actually do have some one-off Lucic tonight, believe it or not. So um, I am kind of on the Calgary three train. I don't know if I'm going to outright stack them, but I will have pieces there for sure. Um, I just want to mention a couple things, a couple notes about this game. Vancouver is taking the third most penalties, um, like I've mentioned earlier in the league. So got Calgary power play with Yusuf Valamaki, 3,100 running the power play. I think he's fine to one-off. Um, he has de- decent peripherals. So if you need a one-off, uh, real good defenseman. But I think Valimaki's the guy. Um, here's a weird thing I found out about Vancouver. They're shooting more about the same as last year, but Horvat, Pedersen, and Besser all have career-low shot rates. The top three on their team by shot attempts are Adam Gaudet, Jake Vertanen, and Tyler Mott. So I, I like... I'm really like, like, I don't think Mott's playing tonight. I think he's injured, but like, I'm, I'm into Markstrom tonight. Like he's probably my favorite goalie on the whole slate. Cause if Vancouver is going to take a ton of shots, but defer to all their bad players, then yeah, I'll take that all day long. So uh, in on Markstrom, I'm not in on Holby. Are you? Uh, no, I was hoping Demko was in. He was under 7,000. Markstrom, I agree with you. He's been playing great. And he has that, you know, I mean, these teams have played like 38 times, but it's that revenge narrative. If you love the narrative street for those narrative street people, but like Markstrom is a good goalie. Like for as much as like he played not great down the stretch for Vancouver last year and you saw Demko go absolutely just nuts in the playoffs, you throw a better defensive team in front of Markstrom and you're seeing the result. Like his, he's probably a top 10 goalie in this league. And I agree for 8,100, if I have the space, I'm going to put him in. Gotcha. All right. I like it. Um, before we get to our last game, I uh, just want to mention we're having a Twitter contest. If you had the Osmo underscore com, our t- main Twitter account, we are giving away 30 weekly passes when we reach 30,000 Twitter followers. We're just shy of that, Mark. I think we're at about 29,500 right now. So if you want to go to Osmo, our main Twitter account, and look for the tweet, uh, giving away 30 free weekly passes when we reach 30,000 Twitter followers. So just follow us there over at Osmo underscore com for our, our, all our good things going on here at Osmo.com. All right, getting to our final game. Uh, maybe the marquee matchup of the night. I'll let you guys determine that. We have Winnipeg 3.1 implied goal total going into Edmonton 3.4 implied goal total. Mike Smith getting the start again for the Oilers. He's been hot. Connor Hellebuck probably going to start for the Jets, but not confirmed yet. It uh, doesn't look like uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to be in the lineup again uh, for Winnipeg, so it should be relatively the same lineup as last game. Uh, Edmonton likely about the same. So McDavid, Dreisaitl, Shifley, Connor, Wheeler, Ehlers, Pugliarvi, Barry, Nurse. It's a lot to like here. What do you like, Josh? Well, the first thing that jumps off the page if you're a cash player is Kyle Connor's price at 5,800. It's still way too cheap. If you're playing cash, you should probably have Kyle Connor in your lineup tonight. But I digress, and we'll go into the full breakdown here. Uh, Wheeler's back up with Shifley with Cop. Um, I like Wheeler on Shifley's wing better than I did with Pierre Locke, Dubois, or Stasny. I just think they have that chemistry together. Wheeler – Seems like he's, you know, regressing as a player, but for his price, I still think you can put him in there. You know, he has the power play one correlation. This is like a spot for the Jets, like that I want to attack because Mike Smith's numbers are just not sustainable. Edmonton's not great defensively. You want to go like Shifu, Wheeler, Connor. Um, Even if you want to mix in Stasny for that power play correlation, you can. I mean, it's, it's Paul Stasny, but like... 
again, it's a four game slate. You want to get a little bit different. You want to go, you know, a double C power play one stack for the Jets, like Shifley, Stasny, Wheeler, Stasny, Shifley, Connor. I think it's a decent way to differentiate yourself, especially if you can find like another power play stack that you like where you can use the wingers, right? So as a full line, like if you want to leave off cop off that first line, that's okay. I mean, he's been playing good, but 5,100 for not being on the top power play is a tad expensive. Ehler, 6,700, same deal. I mean, I, you probably could one-off him if you have the space. If you want to, you know, do an Ehlers Connor and leave off Stasny and put in, you know, Lowry for power play two, even though Connor's not in power play two, you can. You can do – you can get creative with that. And then on the Edmondson side, I mean, you know, you know what they're going to do. You know, McDavid's going to have 40% ownership. He's cheaper than he was on Mondays, $400 less. Uh, Nugent Hopkins, I think, is the same price or – a hundred dollars less. Puliarvi is a bit more expensive. Um, he had an assist in the shot and the uh, shot bonus last game. I don't know if he saw power play one time. I know he's on power play too. I think Jason actually saw. Yeah, the, they they the both saw power play one time actually again. Yeah. So so like, if you want to leave off Puliarvi, I guess you could do it. I mean, like, I think. You want to do like a McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, Chieson, Barry. I think that's, a, you know, how we talked about with like putting in Boyd with Toronto. I think you could put in Chieson with with Edmonton. God, we're just digging here. But like <laughs> I, my personal favorite punt, like I don't even know why. I, I like uh, Juchar uh, Kayara. I just like him as a player. I know – like he doesn't see any power play time. I just like him as a player. He's three thousand. If I was having twenty max, I'd have him in a little bit. Like, like you said at the top of the show, like you need to get different. Like if you have, if you start your lineup with McDavid and then you have a Matthews in there, like you can't just fill out your lineup the rest like easily. It's going to be duped. You need, you need a Chieson. You need a Archibald, a Kyara. Even like if you want to fit in Yamamoto, like I know he's more expensive, but like he doesn't see power play time. You're just gonna have to get different, like. And from a five-on-five standpoint, I do like this this matchup for the dry side of line. I think if you want to stack them up, I think you can go there. And then, as much as I don't like Tyson Berry at 5800, right? He's always on the ice with Edmonton one. He's on power play one. So I think, you know, you're you're playing McDavid, you're playing Nugent Hopkins. I think you got to go Barry unless like you can't fit him in. And then you go Bouchard, who's going to be popular probably with them because my first build was like, oh, I have space for Bouchard and I'm playing Edmonton, right? So if you're, you got to be a little bit conscientious if you're playing, you know, just a couple lineups, like, is this going to be like really popular? Yeah. But in MME, you know, I definitely want some Bouchard. He had uh, two assists, eight, eight shots on goal and a block shot last game. So and he's still under 4,000, so I think he can go back there. You just got to be a bit leery of his ownership. Yeah, the ownership is the thing that's that's concerning me. You bring up Tyson Berry. Uh, we'll, I'll talk more defensively later. He played over 30 minutes in their last game. So uh, if he plays that, that amount of ice time again, it's tough not to play him. Um, so the thing that sticks out for me in this game immediately is Winnipeg 2. Stasny, Ehlers, and Connor. One, it's Connor's price, 5800 He probably has a true price closer to $7,000. Um, two, it's the matchup. Um, they probably see a fair bit of the Edmonton second line, and the Edmonton second line has just been bad defensively, like just flat-out bad. 2.7 expected goals against. Um, they're, they're getting 950 goaltending. At five on five behind them, which is why their even strength goal differentials look good. Like Edmonton's goaltending this year is nine oh five. That line specifically is getting nine fifty. Like it's gonna heavily, heavily regress, probably sooner rather than later. And that Winnipeg second line looks like a really talented second line to me. And you get two pieces on the top power play unit. Uh, speaking of that top power play unit, I should mention. Neil Pionk did get some power play time over Josh Morrissey in their last game. So there's another way if you want to get different and you don't, you're playing Winnipeg power play or whatever, you don't want to play Morrissey, throw Neil Pionk on there. Um, so that's kind of my focus for this game. Stasny, Ehlers, Connor going into that dry saddle matchup. Um, you bring up Mike Smith. 
like I, sh- I should mention, I have a lot of McDavid. Like I've, I think I've forty five percent Edmonton one slash Edmonton power play out of my 20, 20 lineups. So like Edmonton, Edmonton power plays by far my for- my favorite play tonight. Um, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have some of Chase on. I'm gonna have some of Puliyarvi. Uh, I think I have some of Tyler. Like throwing in a Tyler Ennis. I like, I like your Jujai Kara call. Um, Ennis is in that same boat. It's you know throwing in. Uh, you know, a guy that's going to be one or two percent um, in a on it from a team with a high implied goal total. So uh, that's kind of where I sit uh, with the Fords. I'm just going to have a whole mess of Edmonton one slash Edmonton power play, and then focus on Winnipeg two. Um, besides that, uh, speaking of Winnipeg uh, defensemen, Dylan Demello and Nathan Beaulieu played 11 minutes last game apiece. So if you're going to the Winnipeg side for a defenseman. Uh, I wouldn't go to DeMello or Beaulieu. Derek Forbort, 3,500, played like 25 minutes in their last contest. So um, I don't necessarily like him, but it's another one of those guys where if you want to get different, um, you can throw in Forbort. On the Edmonton side, uh, like I'm I'm just, I'm throwing in Barry with my power play stacks. I do have some, um, you know, non-power play stacks where I'll play Bouchard. Mike Smith, um, I, I have him in lineups. I want to say this about goaltending. Like Mike Smith is bad. He's just flat out bad. He's one of the 10 worst goaltenders in the NHL or something like that. Like the, the numbers back it up, whatever you want to say, it's just what it is. But Mike Smith last year had two different eight game stretches where he had a save percentage above 920 and eight game stretches are about three weeks. So like he had two separate three week stretches where he had a save percentage averaging over uh, 920 or above. So like he, he bad goalies can have really good stretches. That's just something I want to mention here. Like don't go out stacking Winnipeg thinking it's just a, a complete given that Smith is going to get lit up for five or six goals. We saw in his first two games already. Uh, the goaltending's weird, man. Things can happen on different nights. I'm not saying go out and get, you know, start stuffing Mike Smith into your lineups. Um, but just be aware that, um, just because a goalie's bad doesn't mean he's bad every single night. It's, it, goalies and skaters are different in that sense. Like skaters, if you're a bad skater, you might have like two good games a season. If you're a bad goalie, you might have like 20. Like it's it's just the nature of the position. So um, I do like Hellebuck here tonight, um, kind of just to get uh, some leverage on that Edmonton ownership. Because like if Edmonton's ownership, whether Edmonton 1, Edmonton 2, Edmonton power play, whatever, it's like, if one out of two lineups have some sort of stack in the field, I think, you know, putting in uh, Hellebuck, that one player gives you leverage over 50% of the field if he gets a shutout or like 36 saves on 37 shots or something like that. So I do like Hellebuck uh, here tonight. Uh, he is, you know, one of my favorite goalies in my non-Edmonton lineups. I do have a couple with Mike Smith. I'm just going to say it. You know, I'm going to have to cop to that one. I have, a, I have a couple correlated lineups with Mike Smith. It's just the way things go here. So uh, that's the way I'm looking for goaltending. I like Hellebuck a lot in my non-Edmonton lineups. What do you think? I know. I agree. He's going to see a ton of shots. And you, you've seen, like, I, I don't want to say, like, bad McDavid performances, but he, he hasn't had a goal in a few games. And, like, the other game, it was, like, the first game they won without a point from Drysaddle McDavid since, like, 2017. So, like, they have been disappearing a tad in stretches. But, like even if Hellebuck gives up two, three goals, like he's still probably going to see well over 30 shots and it's a winnable game. This could be a high scoring game. Like, yeah, Mike Smith's been playing good, but this could be like a five, three type of deal. Like, and it's a four game slate. So, I mean, if you're MME, I, I don't think there's anyone who's really off the table in that, especially from a correlation standpoint, just from the fact, like if you don't have, if you're, if you're making 150 lineups and you don't have exposure to say like, we'll just say Lankinen, right? For whatever reason, you don't have Lankinen and he has like a 38 save shutout. Like you're, you're not going to, you're not going to win much money. Like you need to have exposure to most, if not all goalies over 150 lineups, especially um, correlating. Like I'm not going to say just, Oh, just for the sake of having them in yeah. go and put them in like, if I don't have an Edmonton lineup, I'm not going to go out of my way to put Smith in. But if I have 150 lineups, I'm going to have like, even if it's just like three or four Mike Smiths, just in the off chance that he continues having a great stretch, you know, 
you want at least a little bit of an exposure there. But I do agree with you with, with Halle Buck. Um, 7,600, it's one of the, the mid-price. He's going to probably be one of the lowest-owned goalies on the whole slate, and it's a winnable game. Yeah, it is. Um, it's, a, it's a very winnable game. And the last thing I want to mention um, in this game is just Andrew Kopp and Mike, Mark Scheifele have been getting run over this year. With those two on the ice, um, the Jets have a 36% expected goal share. Uh, Blake Wheeler's been a pretty bad defensively this year. So if, McDa- if that McDavid line is going into that line all night, uh, it could be a long night for Winnipeg here. All right, we're about to wrap things up here. Before we do, Josh, I want to ask you, what's your f- – give give the give the listeners uh, and watchers one of your favorite lines tonight that's not Toronto or Edmonton. Uh, probably Detroit too. Just that is my favorite full line of the night. And uh, maybe I'm stealing your thunder too. I do like that Calgary top line. No, Calgary top line is good. I was going to go with Winnipeg second line. Stasny, Connor, and Ehlers. And I do like Carl Soderberg tonight as one of my favorite one-offs. Do you have any any particular one-offs you're targeting? Um, so just going basing off my lineup, um, we, it's, it's not Lucic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it Dylan Dubé then? I uh, hmm. I want to say like if I knew Dominic Kubelik was going to get power play one time, even though he's forty nine hundred, I would definitely want to get him into some of my lineups as a one off. It might be worth it if not, you know, even if he's not, um, might it's still I think it's still worth it on a short slate like this. Yeah. All right, that'll do it uh, for the Osmo NHL DFS show today. Uh, thanks. Uh, very much to Tyler uh, for producing. Thanks to Josh uh, for co-hosting. Remember to like and subscribe if you want to help us keep doing what we're doing. Click the notification button if you want to get reminded whenever we're coming on the air. Good luck tonight, everybody. Good luck.